Today on Vulnerable, I get the chance to speak with my dear friend, Garrett Clayton. I'm so excited because I haven't seen him in a long time in person. And we just get to catch up and talk about all things Disney and what he's up to now, which is a lot. I'm Christy Carlson Romano, and this is The Vulnerable Podcast. My love is here. (laughs) I won't get in trouble for saying that. Garrett. Garrett's here. Thank you for coming. Hi, Fran. I know. It's like we try to like connect mm-hmm. in so many different ways, but it always feels like superficial because I'm in Texas, you're here, <laughs> and now we're, we're actually doing this, and this is exciting. Yeah. There's always a real love, though. Like We've yeah. been friends for a while now, and there's always like little catching and texting and calling, what are you doing? Are you okay? How is your life? Are you all right? And our so. friends, our friends, like, um, w- like anytime I know somebody that knows him, or collaborates with you, mm-hmm. like Jonathan Bennett. Oh, yeah. Like anybody, like mm-hmm. randomly that I'll see you doing something with. I'm like, oh my God, I know him. I love him. Mm-hmm. The love is real. The love is real. <laughs> well, you're here. You're invulnerable. I got gotcha. you. I feel so vulnerable. Yeah, he does because he didn't look at any questions before he came here. I didn't. <laughs> he goes, I trust you, Christy. It's true. For most most interviews, I, I look at the questions, but I was like, I've just been friends with Christy for too long, so I... I'm just not worried with you. I never uh, feel worried with plot you. Plot twist, there are no questions. <laughs> <laughs> it was all a ruse. It was all a ruse. I'm going to teach you Spanish. <laughs> okay, great. I need to brush up. I used to be so much better at it than I am now. Wait, so what is your background? Are my, you? Do like, you have any, any Latin? Like my heritage? Yeah, what's your heritage? Um, my dad's side is, I, he, growing up, he always said we were hillbilly and Lebanese. Oh, okay. So hit most of my dad's side is Lebanese. Uh-huh. And um, like I used to grow up calling my grandma Sitho and okay. like, you know, learning how to make bitlawi and grape leaves. And uh, like I legitimately, like I, if you, there's pictures of me as like a baby and if yeah. summer ever hits, I lo- <laughs> I'm just like a little brown baby. Oh, with beautiful, <laughs> beautiful blue eyes. I got my, yeah. Wait, I, are they green or blue? I could gaze into them for a lifetime. You gaze as long as you want. <laughs> No, but for real, are they blue or green? Um, they're bright blue. They're green. They kind of looks different with the shirts I wear. Wow. I, it's a really nice problem. Do you love your eyes? I do. Yeah. They, I, all of my mom's side, if you see all of our us stand next to each other, they mm-hmm. all match. So then you're so you so you have Lebanese heritage like that's kind of like yeah it's like right? a bunch of uh, my mom's side is like French Canadian like a bunch of mutt like European countries like Basque kind of or. Uh, you 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 mean Canadian? No, 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 no. Like French Canadian. So I meant to fr- see like like, like French yeah, Canadian Spain. <laughs> <laughs> you are not learning Spanish today. I am learning geography. <laughs> <laughs> so on a map. <laughs> so here we are. Um, no, it's they. My mom's side is French Canadian, and then they always say anything that has ish at the end is usually going to be us because we're just mm, like English. I'm, I'm just like a big mutt. Got you, a big mutt, and and yeah. you love mutts, don't you? Mm-hmm. Mutts are the best. I do. And they have less health problems, so huzzah. Huzzah. They live longer. hmm Yeah. So we're here, vulnerable, and I've been meaning to get Garrett here. I've been meaning to get you on mm-hmm. um, because I have a big surprise. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is what he gets for not reading the questions. That is what I get for doing that, yeah. So Garrett and I, we connected over social media through mm-hmm. Instagram, and TikTok was just starting. It was right when we were kind of coming out of quarantine and everything. And I was starting on my YouTube channel Mm -hmm. and I reached out to you Uh and I was so impressed with your, your kindness and your approachability because 
I feel like I'm this old generation of Disney Channel. And so like when I started making content, mm -hmm. I assumed that I was entitled to getting to know younger people in the Disney world. I did not realize how hard it would be mm -hmm. to book talent that is that it, that you know that's related to Disney Channel mm -hmm. and a lot of them uh, they don't get back to me I'm fine with this by the way mm -hmm. but but it's a matter of connectivity and which ones are really open to collaboration mm -hmm. you never held back and you were always so approachable so kind thank you yeah it's like I feel like it's taught me a lot because it's it's the that kind of energy that I really only want to be around and mm -hmm. and I don't care what how many followers you have it's about what you have to say and it's about your heart mm -hmm. and so I was so jazzed after you took the time to come onto the YouTube channel mm -hmm. and uh, we just have collaborated since then several totally. times I mean that's the thing is I. You know, I feel like we always go through that like first burst of what success feels like and we mm -hmm. don't we're trying to like navigate the rules of it. Mm -hmm. And I had this whole period where I was being told how to it kind of exist in every facet of that. And then I I had to remove myself from the people that made me be something I wasn't mm -hmm. and I had to acknowledge that I was in a different space. Mhm. Mm and then I went to therapy for a little bit. Hold on a second. We are moving too fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'm just wrapping up to the point of I've gotten to the place in my life mm -hmm. where it's opportunities have to be looked at as a positive thing. If I get any kind of negative inclination, like I just won't do it. I don't, I don't care what money comes with life it. Is too I don't short. care who's attached to it. Mm -hmm. If there's something that feels off about it, I, I legitimately cannot physically bring myself to doing it because I will feel sick. Because I know what it feels like to put yourself in environments where you don't necessarily feel welcome. Mm. And so now it's like if someone is kind, if they respect, if, if you meet me halfway, I'll meet you halfway. If you respect me, I'll respect you. Like I lead with my heart. I want to have a good time. If we are lucky that we get to do this mm -hmm. as our job. Mm -hmm. And if we are not having fun, then we're doing it wrong. Yeah. And that's where I lead. I'm like, if I'm, if I'm not having fun, I'll just stop doing it. I'll be like, I, you know, thank you so much. I got to go. Yeah. There's just no point. I've like... We've done the shitty, I feel bad about myself jobs. And I'm just like, we're, I get to <laughs> sing and dance and have fun and talk to my friends and do things like this. Yeah. So why should I have any other feeling when I'm just getting to, when I'm getting to the point in my life where I see what putting yourself in environments that don't feel good and what they do to you. Chronically, when you're, you're putting yourself in harm's way, if you mm -hmm. know better and there's no reason why you're being influenced, uh, sort of pushed, mm -hmm. you know, out, out of your desires. Like when you're, you know, say like a child actor and their parents mm -hmm. are like pushing them to do something. It's like they don't have agency or somebody who's got, you know, a drug addiction. And so they're like, oh, I need to do this movie so that I can get enough money. You know, like mm -hmm. just different mentalities can, can breed this sort of like desperation in our business mm -hmm. and lead to a lot of bad things. That is not generally been the case with you, but it does sound to me like you uh, had to find your voice over mm -hmm. time. So can we kind of rewind into, yeah. into like how that happened and like of as course. detailed as you'd like? Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty open about all of it. Wait, uh, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, just when I was, when I had gotten my break. Teen Beach? 
Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, like, uh, I'll go a little bit before that. So okay. I started working when I was 13 years old, mm-hmm. um, Chicago and Detroit. Mm-hmm. I was like the kid on the Greyhound bus doing my homework, going oh, to auditions. Me like, too. Yeah. And <laughs> in like, New York. You, yeah. We, we all just like start in, you know, just yeah. saying yes to opportunity, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, all, working anything, your ass off. Anything to get my foot in the door. They call I was pounding the pavement. Yeah, it's true. true. I remember like I and I was doing I started in commercial modeling and f- doing anything. I was doing anti-drug ads. I did too. I was doing Are you me? I think or we were the same person. Yeah, different color eyes. <laughs> and <laughs> what there's I did an a highlight ad that was in every hair salon in North America. And <laughs> yes, everyone I need in, to see that. Everyone in my high school was like and they were so mean about it. And I was oh. like, I don't, I don't have anything to prove. This is a fun job. And yeah. like, I'm driving. So you were bullied a little bit? Oh, a lot. Oh. Like my house was uh, vandalized nice. a few times. What the hell? They would try and fight me in the parking lots or trail me in the hallways or like fight me at football games or like, I mean. Were you, you a na- football player? Um, I played like seven sports growing up. What? Mm-hmm. So, okay. So you were athletic. Yeah. But people still targeted you. Um, I was athletic until I got to like freshman year of high school, mm-hmm. I had done so many sports because the rule was if you don't like something, you have to try something new. Okay. And I always kind of like that because okay. it, it's given me a lot of tools in my toolbox so as So your an parents adult. were like yeah. really pushing you into different things. They okay. were just pushing me and saying like, if you don't like something, that's totally okay. But we want you to find things you like in this world so that you know what you want when you get older. And that I, tracks. And I was like, cool. Like if I, you know, I did football for two years. I was in boxing for one, karate for two or three. Um... I soccer for uh, two years. I did uh, gymnastics. Wow. Horseback riding. Yeah. Um, ice skating? I know how to ice skate. Yeah. I wasn't on a hockey team, though. Oh, okay. I mean, we, we were, that's when Red Wings were like kind of kicking ass, too. So mm-hmm. I'm surprised I didn't fall into the hockey moment. Hmm. But um, yeah, I kind of just got sick of it. I was like, everyone's getting mad about chasing the ball and yelling at the ball and getting yeah, mad about the, the ball. Point? I'm like, I'm sick of the ball. <laughs> <laughs> like, go, like, there's got to be more than the ball. It's just like, go play sports ball somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and also, were you aware of your sexuality at that time? Um, I kind of became aware of it as I was getting older and also like, people making fun of me for it was kind of making me aware of it a little bit too. Okay. And so it was like a weird dichotomy to like be comfortable because I've always said like I've never, I was, I never was or never have been ashamed of being gay. It was just like the social circumstances I was in, whether it was like safety or opportunity that really stood in my way of certain things, Mm -hmm. like people uh, making me feel unsafe because I was gay. Okay. Would make me not want to talk about it when I was growing up. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, or yeah, yeah, like I said, it was every form of bullying and it was also the beginning of like MySpace and Facebook and all that. And there was people making fake accounts of me talking about what a F word I was and using my photos to like make fun of me or that's horrible. So you were like no stranger to the first generation social media, uh, like, Mm -hmm. like haters. Or I would even get like all the blocked calls of people trying to like talk shit to me in the phone or. Like you remember that they would always show it. I don't know if they probably still won't show it now, but they show there was that movie was I think it was Kristen Stewart and Speak, and I remember she was getting made fun of in it, and I remember thinking, oh, that's me, mm. like so that's me right now. Mm. And so it was like I didn't know how to handle it. Or even, Kristen Stewart, yeah, really back then. I, I believe guess you were that younger was her than movie. me. You're younger than me, yeah, yeah. I'm old. I have to remind myself I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> We're like Twilight. We're talking Twilight, Kristen Stewart. Yeah. Speak? It was before that, though, when she was younger. And she wasn't out. I don't think so. Certainly no, not at that she time. She wasn't out. No, yeah. not at that time. Yeah. But, but yeah. how interesting, though, that she did end up coming out. 
I know, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, then, you know, I moved, I ended up getting opportunity and I was going to casting calls. I booked one casting call for Days of Our Lives against like 1,500 people just waiting in a line. Had you had any prior like experience? Or uh-huh. what? Well, it, oh, I, that's the thing is I start, so I started in commercial modeling and then at 15, I booked my first movie wow. at my modeling agency when they were auditioning for a movie and they were like, hey, you look right for this part. And so I auditioned and I got a different part, but I was okay. What so was the movie? It was a blue screen movie called Amstroid or Magic Mentor. It was the guy who uh, did all the visual effects for Journey to the Center of the Earth. Okay. And it was right around the beginning of the time of like green screen, blue screen. And yes. All of the blue work screen. they were, with the, right? Yeah. I, and so I did a blue screen movie. <laughs> cool. When they were figuring out like which color is best. Oh, okay. And so it was wild. I mean, I still haven't seen the movie till this day. <laughs> Can you find it? I tried. Oh, man. But yeah. I've seen the trailer. I've seen a clip online and I was like, whoa, those graphics. <laughs> and so... Then I ended up, like, I did that movie. I did another movie called Oogie Love with, mm-hmm. like, Chaz Palminteri. Oh, I love and, him. And uh, uh, Tony Braxton. Yeah, love her. Jamie Presley. Love her. Um, Christopher Lloyd. Oh, wow. And I that was, was, like, your second yeah, experience. And I that was, was in Chicago? It was in Michigan. Michigan. They okay. had a big film incentive for a while. They and did. So they I, did have a tax uh-huh. incentive. Yeah. I was a dancer on that movie. Oh. And I wore the most horrifying outfit till this day. I get friends sending pictures. Oh, no. Because I'm in an orange and white hat with an orange and white Argyle sweater with blue jeans and then bright orange boat shoes. Well. And I was like, well, fashion. Yeah. And You are wearing an orange hat today. I mean, I'm just trying to but change this is a my more perception of, of orange. Yes, yes. Um, don't let the orange define you. No, I mean, I don't <laughs> mind it. Like, I'll wear like a true Nickelodeon orange, but the orange I was wearing was not right. <laughs> okay, got it. It was not a good orange. No, it was like traffic cone. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, super bright. <laughs> yeah. And then, so yeah, I went to a couple casting calls and I was getting opportunity. And then I moved to LA and I was working at a 24-hour diner mm-hmm. for two years. I worked six days a week, 5 p.m. to 5 a.m., auditioning during the day, going to classes during the day, trying to find a car, trying to like... Wow. And then I That's would, like shot out of a cannon into adulthood. Totally. I mean, I left... I was in a BFA for music theater. I left after a year. Oh, in, in Michigan. Mm-hmm. I see. Okay. So you were kind of like a working as like a young adult, but an advanced young adult. Yes. Okay. And so then I ended up leaving because I had, from one of the movies I booked, it was two casting calls that changed my life. One was Days of Our Lives, where I met two people who needed a roommate. And then I booked another movie where there was somebody who wanted, who worked at a management company. And I was almost the lead of the movie with um, Ed Harris and Jennifer Connelly and Emma Roberts. Oh, wow. And I, it's like mom- certain moments that are bookmarked, like you can't forget, you yeah. know? They're like m- professional milestones. Yes. Yeah. And so one of the producers on it reached out and he was like, hey, you know, we couldn't pick you because they d- the production decided you were the commercial choice. But ultimately, I think you could have a bright future in this industry if you keep your head on straight. So why it, would somebody say that to you? Did you solicit that kind of advice or that was just the feedback they were giving well, you? Because he wanted to call and he was like, I'm with this company that oh, this is the also man- manages talent. Mm. So I'm a producer on this film, but I'm a part of this company. If you ever find yourself in LA, reach out. We'd love to take a meeting. And I was like, okay, well, what homework can I do until I get out there? So he told me to watch the list of every best film from the Academy Awards from each year. So that was my homework was to watch all of the winners all of the winning movies. And he was like, that's a great place to start. That way you have a Rolodex of like the greatest performances with the greatest movies and everything. And I was like, all right, yeah, that sounds cool. Okay. It's a, f- it's a fun homework. What was your favorite movie? 
I'm gonna get back to you on that because okay. that's a that's a lot of movies. Like, do you like old movies? I like a lot of I like a lot of movies. I also always go back to certain things because I necessarily don't always think the thing that wins is always the best. Like, you look at something like Singing in the Rain, and everybody thought it, you know it it was technically like a flop when it came out, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then over time, it became so successful because the people decided that it was successful because it really is a great movie. It is. And like Easter Parade, everything like Easter mm-hmm. Parade. Yeah. And so yeah, I got out to L.A. and I when I got my opportunity. Mm-hmm. And Team Beach rolled around, and I met with people on the team, and they asked if I was gay. And I, people at, on which team? Uh, not on, not through Disney. Okay. People that represented me. Okay. I'm very specific because there's, uh, I don't want to get involved with those people ever again. So I just yeah. try and like. We're not. Yeah, yeah, we're not here to yeah, to yeah. blow any whistles. <laughs> but it's um, interesting to hear the evolution. They know what of they it. did was wrong. And I don't have to tell them that. Okay. And so it was like, are you gay? And I said, uh, and you know, when you're kind of in that weird space of like, am I allowed to say that I am? Yeah. I was going to say, had you had a boyfriend? Had you? I'm not. I I actually, at the time when I was asked, I just started dating my now husband. (gasps) Oh. But I was, so I was like, I'm bi. And then they were like, okay, well, nobody wants to fuck the gay guy. They want to shop with him. So we're going to have to do something about this. Hmm. So then I underwent this whole, it felt like a movie. I had, I talked to another friend of mine. I was like, I, I, mean, I have to change my name now and they need me to dress different. And I'm supposed to like focus on my body language. They and, wanted you to be like Zac Efron or something. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> that was, it was never his name that was used. Right. It, it was always like different examples of like leading men that are in like big box office movies. Okay. That were like, if you want to be these people that are all up here, mm-hmm. then we have to get you there mm-hmm. because you have to walk in the room like those guys. Mm-hmm. So you want to be an action star. You want to be this. You want to be that. So they were kind of throwing this like toxic masculinity yeah. archetype your way. Very much that. You know, I have an understanding of that because as a female in the, well, as a female in Hollywood, right? Like mm-hmm. we we deal with that as well. Mm-hmm. And right out the bat, I think it was like one of the Sprouse twins that had said something about how like that generally happened to a lot of the young ladies coming out of Disney. And, mm-hmm. and it wasn't anything that Disney was doing per se, but it was just the industry as a whole sexualizes them like as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And those archetypes uh, um, really do end up sexualizing you and, oh, yeah. and, and, and trying to take your sexuality and make it, this like public property. Totally. And that's not fun. No, not when, I mean, I was getting calls. They were like, so we got notes from casting on how gay you came across because we asked. Oh, so they it, asked. Okay. And it was at a time when this kind of, it, it this just wasn't. Uh, Dude, you were being bullied all over again. Like you were in high school, but just in like a fancy fucking mm-hmm. LA way. It, I mean, but that's the thing is there's so many, we think we've come so far and I like to remind people we're only, I think I've only lived here 12 years now. Mm-hmm. So the industry has changed, but there's it's still happening mm-hmm. because they're, at the end of the day, the productions, just like any other business, are worried about money. Mm-hmm. And so for them, it's about what is the dollar amount and what are you worth in foreign sales because no one cares about the domestic value of a star. They care about the foreign sales value of a star. Mm-hmm. So if they're trying to build up, beef that up, but if they can't, if you're gay, then you're already like, if you're gay in a film, you're not allowed to show, they won't show your film in certain countries. They'll cut the scenes out of certain movies. If you play a gay character, Mm -hmm. if you're a gay person, they don't want to show your stuff. So it's like, you're really up against a lot of other places in the world that say that want to invalidate your existence. Mm -hmm. And so they're more worried about, well, we can never get you to be the star. We know that you can be unless you change all these things about yourself. And And did you say, okay, 
Um, Did you feel like you were had to say, yeah, okay. Well, well and that was, that. well, that was something that I actually talked to Blake about. And I was like, it, I don't know if I have a choice, if I want opportunity right now, because if I didn't change those things about myself, then I wouldn't be able to get into the rooms I got into. Mm. And then if I never got to a certain position where I could come out after I've done enough to get myself into even like get myself into those rooms so mm -hmm. that I can at some point when I'm older say I've been there and this is happening and someone needs to be able to talk about this beyond someone like a rock Hudson who waits his whole life and then pa sadly passes away without ever getting to like, sh you know, share an experience. And I'm like, I wouldn't be in the position I'm in now unless I dealt with the bullshit to have the opportunity. Yeah. Cause if I didn't deal with the bullshit, I wouldn't have gotten in the room. Mm -hmm. And that's what sucks about it is like, I know that, now we're at a place in the industry where people don't necessarily have to do that as much anymore. And that is really nice. And it makes me want to celebrate that, but it's, there's other people that are still going through it. I'm not here to call anybody out or say anything. It's just, it is still happening. It's yeah. very clear. It's still happening. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've seen that even from the backlash of the aerial casting mm -hmm. at day 23 and how people have been so irate with that stuff. And it's like representation matters. Inclusion mm -hmm. is, you know, inclusion is amazing. And like, I think that diversity really does help bring out, you know, a story that's been told a million times mm -hmm. can be told a new way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like kids don't see the color, you know, my kids don't. And so mm -hmm. creativity. Well, think, but that's the thing is I think they do. And we've just had stories only depicting one, you know, race for so long. That right. It's it, kids do see it. I'm sorry. My kids do see the color. They yes. don't see the race. Yes. They, they don't see the issue. They don't see the issue that other people are seeing. a beautiful with lady. Yes. That's all. Yeah. With and a I, fish. And the, I know that's the thing is like the, if it followed the, I mean, we've seen a million of the videos online now. It's like if, if they were really, if we were going to worry about it being true to the history book to make all the angry people happy. She then, wouldn't look like that. Then they'd be also upset that every time she takes a step, it doesn't feel like there's a thousand knives in her feet. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Or that at the end, she doesn't kill herself and turn into sea foam. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if we're really worried about the semantics of it, then go back to the original story and get your shit straight. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love that. You can't just be mad because we took a fable that was already changed from the original fable and say, here's a new retelling of it in the same way, just with a person that you may or may not have expected to look the way they look. Mm -hmm. You're still telling the same story that that was in the cartoon just because, and also sunlight isn't hitting her skin. So who's to say what color her skin would be in the first place? <laughs> You're like, I'm going to get sci-fi on you. Well, this is the thing. So I'm part of this like old school Disney, right? Where people are like, oh, that's the era of Disney being like the best. And like, yeah. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means to you, actually. Do you think that? <laughs> <laughs> we were part of a time, though, that we didn't have, it was pre-high school musical. Mm -hmm. So it was like, we were more doing the TV shows. It's a very different time for the programming as a whole. And I, I saw that change, you know, like obviously it happened after me, but it was beautiful to watch the development of Disney Channel. So I'm part of this kind of old. I think you're really aging yourself up here. I'm just 38. I'm just 38. <laughs> but what I mean to say is that people, mm -hmm. when they see the stories that were, um, the movies that were being made or mm -hmm. just turned into live action movies or whatever, mm -hmm. like those choices weren't as inclusive. We didn't, that wasn't, an initiative that wasn't something that was a goal in, in Disney's culture is my point. Right. They have changed so much. And I actually think that over time, um, Disney's programming has changed and, and, and grown with 
the casting of certain people mm-hmm. and, and and I'm talking Disney Channel even. Mm-hmm. Like I know that they've made great efforts to kind of broaden the scope of what it means to be represented mm-hmm. and it seems to be growing more and more. Now, a lot of people are mad at that because the kids are involved. And so, you know, they're mad that the it's ca- a fine line. So well, are I think they like, mad at like the being diverse casting? I think they're 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 mad about certain things like that. I think that people are scared that there's going to be uh, gay characters, gay kids. I even have a story about Disney wanting not wanting to cast me in role because it came across gay. When? When I so I was simultaneously up for Teen Beach movie, and there's a new musical series called Zombies. Mm-hmm. And originally it was a, t- a, a musical TV show mm-hmm. and it was a sitcom. It was a musical sitcom. Mm-hmm. And I was up for like the bully cheerleader mm-hmm. and they, I went through all these rounds simultaneously with Teen Beach movie hmm. and for Teen Beach, they were so excited. And for this, they were excited, but they still were doing national casting calls. Same for executives though. Yes. Weird. I, I literally, I, there was a week where I was in there every day going in for callbacks and chemistry reads for both things at the same time. That's cool. It was crazy. And then I got the call and it was like, oh, you're going to be a surfer. You're not going to be a cheerleader. And I was like, whatever. I was, I'm just happy to get a job. Yeah. And then I find out later it's because they didn't want the male cheerleader who's a bully to come across gay. And I was like, wait a minute. They use the, they use the word gay or did your managers who were mean and evil say gay? Well, but, I, you know, I'm hearing third party. So mm-hmm. I can't confirm or deny that right. that would come from Disney. It was right, just right, right, the right. manager, the either the managers or agents or whoever at the time sure. was, was like, hey, you know, you got, you're the surfer, you're not the cheerleader, but they, it's because... Uh, the it's cheerleader, the cheerleader was coming across as gay, and they don't want the character to come across gay. And I was okay. like, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about your partner? What about your husband? Like, what was he saying when you would talk to him about this? Did he feel pressure? Did he feel protective of you? Was he Very. like? But he also felt like there was a. It was a really hard boundary because people always thought my secret was that I was gay when really the big secret was that I was like in a long-term relationship <laughs> and protecting the egg almost. Mm-hmm. Cause, and I was, so I was fine with it. I'm like, people can think about what, think what they want about me. They can make fun of me. They can joke about it. Cause the internet was pretty vicious about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'll never, or never forget them. Like, either talking about how gay I was and then just like the list of comments of jokes about it or then going right into like talking. You were part of like meme culture. Oh, totally. I yeah. mean, they would even get into saying like, oh, you know, can't wait for him to turn 30 and fat. Like, and I was like, Jesus, like That's I'm just, just mean. And all the time they would talk about how like I was just, you know, one sandwich away. What in the world? I know. And I was like, fuck you. Honey, did they see Teen Beach? You were tight. I know. Well, they're just waiting for me to explode from the inside out. Stop it. And so <laughs> mean people. I don't even care. I'm I'm like I'm fine. Yeah, I'm so man. How the with heck it. are you so strong and resilient? Like where is this coming from? Thank you. No, but really, how are you not messed up about all this bullying that you've experienced and like all um, these people that I want to beat up every one of them? <laughs> I think I just had maybe um I, I feel like I kind of had like a really well-rounded kind of growing up. Were your parents helpful? Um, my mom was. Okay. And then, you know, I, I come from a divorced house when I was like three, four. Okay. And I would spend every other week at each house. And mm-hmm. they lived in different parts of the city. And so I felt like I was always kind of transient in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to multiple, I changed schools like three times. And I always kind of felt like I learned a sense of individuality in that way. So like I would, there like, I'll never forget in a, like a very young elementary school getting picked on where they would like throw my glasses on the ground and step on them. And 
but then I would, I remember in my middle school, there was, I was getting hit with like a plastic bat and they would make up a rhyme calling me gay girl, Gary. And then wow. I was like, I don't really like, I just, it sucks, but you're just an angry person and that's your prerogative. Like, I don't need to hurt myself because you're hurting me. But how as a young child, are you able to not take that in? I think I did to a degree, but okay. there is a lot of coping that I did and having to just know that I think it, I think because I was changing places so often that you really have to know who you are if you're able to go into any environment, which has really helped me in like my work because I'm always either traveling or doing, you know, things on stage or TV or film or recording music or like any of the things dancing and mm -hmm. like being able to go into any environment and just feel comfortable. Like I don't ever feel like at this point in my life, especially after going through therapy mm -hmm. that I have anything to prove. Mm -hmm. I'm just having a good time doing what I know how to do. Yeah. It shows, it shows for sure. So then with dancing and stuff, have you always had a really good relationship with that as has been sort of like a cathartic thing? Because you're so fucking good at it. Thank you. Um, I actually started late. Mm -hmm. And this is I, I this one, this is this story makes me feel good. I start I my first musical that I was dancing in was Fame. Mm. And the director at my high school was like, You're actually a really good dancer. And I was like, Oh, thank you. And I they let me do dual enrollment at my high school my senior year. And so I took a bunch of arts courses at the college nearby because mm -hmm. I was like, well, if I really want to start pursuing this, because I quit drama club for like six months or a year mm -hmm. and I ended up going back to the director and I was like, I really want to like join this back. And she was like, well, you weren't very dedicated the first time. So you're going to have to prove it to me. Mm. And they were going to do Peter Pan. And I was like, I'm going to fucking be Peter Pan <laughs> if it kills me. And she was like, I'd like to see you try. And so I proved my point in doing fame, being dedicated. Mm -hmm. And then for Peter Pan, I like got the audition sides. I made a costume. I learned all the blocking and I showed up with like a fully prepared performance. I was like, I am off book. I am fully in costume and there's no way. She chose that. Was it a female? Yeah. She chose that Peter Pan knowing that you were going to Well, there that. was another guy who was, <laughs> who, she was like, well, it's, it, we all knew, we all knew it was going to be him. Oh. And I was like, I. I am so sorry, but I can't let it be you because I have to <laughs> do this role. This? I just, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to compete with this. I want this. Yes. So it's okay that you're already kind of a shoe in, but I'm going to prove that I can do this. And did you? Yeah. And it really made me fall in love with like the process of it all. Mm. And so then my senior year comes and I could do dual enrollment. And that's when I got into all the dancing stuff because I took, it was ballet and jazz. And then the head of the department pulled me aside and she was like, how long have you been dancing? And she like, she was, uh, she taught Sonia mm -hmm. who was a choreographer from So You Think You Can Dance. Like uh -huh. she's taught people for decades. Wow. And so, she, and I said, I, this in is in Michigan. Yeah. And wow. I, I was like, I, this is my first real dance classes. And she goes, well, I think you're going to be doing this for a long time. And I need you to join the company because in, in the performance at the end of the year where we do a lot of different styles and you're going to need that for work. And so I was doing that wow. with her. And then my aunt, who's a flamenco dancer, taught me salsa, bachata, and merengue. Oh, wow. And then also how to use like castanets. And oh, so wow. it was like in my senior year of high school, I was getting this crash course on dance and like body movement and like how to, I don't know, it's just so cool. Interesting. So you were like, a lot of times when I talk to people about growing up and like trauma, mm -hmm. the, 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 the theme that seems to come in to play a lot is how out of body, how dissociative people are. And like, yes, they're grateful for the arts being in their lives so that they can emotionally kind of like push their emotions into doing whatever acting they're doing. But what I find really 
interesting about your journey is how in your body you were at a time when you probably could have ended up getting depressed by years of that bullying and then almost- I did for a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's a That's six when you stopped drama? Um, there was a six month period where the bullying got really, really bad and mm-hmm. it was everywhere I turned. I couldn't go, I couldn't be at school. I couldn't be in the parking lots. I couldn't go eat. I couldn't be at my house. I couldn't be in my room. Like there just felt like nowhere was safe. Cause like it just wouldn't escape. It, I couldn't escape it. So I ended up falling into this like sleep pattern where I'd be sleeping through all my classes. I would go home and I'd sleep all day. I'd sleep all night. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I find that that's even a hard thing now if I get sad, like mm-hmm. I get really tired. Mm-hmm. And I know that I have to like fight it and, and just tell myself like everything's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. You can't go, you can't sleep this away. Wow. You can't sleep things away. Yeah. Your body, isn't it interesting how connected yeah. to your body? Yeah. But then I think that what it, what all of this turned into for me was the escape and the joy. Mm-hmm. And so if other people feel out of body, I guess my personal experience with it is that I was, I've was i always been chasing the joy. And if I get to do this, and then I get to feel happy, and I don't have to worry about all the other stuff because I know how to do this, and this makes me feel good. Hell yeah. So, uh, ugh, fuck. Okay, so we were at... We were at the point at which you were doing Teen Beach. I feel like we brushed on it. Mm-hmm. Do you remember actually coming out to Disney? Did you ever have to come out to the de- executives? Did that ever have a conversation or they just assumed? Because you were already of age, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You I... were like, that's not their business. It's never their business. <laughs> I'm saying it's never it's their never business. Never anyone's business. But I mean, like, you know, people, people in talk. Hollywood don't wait for anything to be their business to ask. Oh, of course not. It's um, like the 13th grade here in LA. It does feel like I remember when I was in my 20s living here and I was just like, (laughs) everyone is a cheerleader. (laughs) Everyone is, you know, the everyone's the bully cheerleader. Bully cheerleader. Yeah. Everyone is. Yeah. It's pretty shitty sometimes. It it can be. It can be. You know, I've realized like the I've actually found a real family in the like the underground theater community here. You got to tell me more about that. The people. I don't know. It was like once I really started getting into that part of the city. Mm hmm. I've really found like the tr- my tribe. Aren't they from New York? Most of them, all over. Okay, everyone's from all over. Okay, like getting to do shows in bars and yeah. working with burlesque troops and I love it. Like I really think that the thing that has made me feel the best is really investing in the theater community because the actual arts. Yeah, <laughs> I mean in LA, I've I've really found just the the love that that's what made me find like really find that passion again. Yeah, that joy that you were chasing. Yeah, yeah. like being able to like right now one of the shows we did, it the musical parody is going to off Broadway because amazing. we had such a good time doing it and then we won a bunch of awards for it and now it's going off Broadway. And I would have never expected that. Of and course. I, but I'm just grateful that I get to go back again. I know. And I'm it like, must have been hard cuz I remember I remember your posts during quarantine how you had done Gosh, what was it where it was a burlesque and you were in... Oh, burlesque? Yeah, it was was either burlesque Mm -hmm. or something and you had posted, you're like, I really want to get back to theater. Yeah. And I remember you getting back to theater and Mm -hmm. how excited I was for you because I know how much that means to you. Yeah. And... And now you're plugged back into it. But when you... when, When COVID happened, though, how much did you actually miss it? Was it... Was it hard not to have that sort of... That ability to perform... On I think, stage? I mean, Content. even now it feels a little like, it, it feels fresh again. Mm-hmm. I good. think, you know, when we're all locked inside for two years and it, 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 admittedly, like I, I, st- I obviously didn't stop because I was fucking doing so many, I was doing TikTok so That's hard. That's true, huh? But to be fair. It's different. <laughs> excuse me. 
the it's the it's the, the Diet Coke. Coke. <laughs> um, I I did I spent like the first month and a half or two months having an edible every day of the pandemic <laughs> and playing Sims for ten to twelve hours. Okay. Sometimes I almost played for twenty four hours once. Wow! Blake, so you're a gamer. Well, oh yeah, Blake was getting really mad at me. He's like, "You have to do other things," and I was like, "I don't." <laughs> No one has to do anything yeah. because the world is ending. So if it's ending, I have to stay calm and you have to back the fuck up. So like, and give me another edible. I mean, seriously, I was like, we, but then we ended up having so much fun. We made like uh, Carol Baskin and Tiger King Sims. We made 90 Day Fiance Sims. We made the Golden Girls house. Oh, I'm like, jealous. We, That's fun. We had a great time. I had, So he like got into your hobby and you guys got to share something together. I would actually, I would wager that it was his hobby as individually from like, we both liked it. Uh-huh. I think that was the first time we started really doing it together because oh. he was like, oh, let's just get all the Sims, which we were really pissed because we bought all the stuff and then all of it was half off uh-huh. after we bought it all. This episode is brought to you by Sims. Sims, I want a refund. <laughs> not anymore. Now it's not brought to you by Sims. <laughs> Why do you want a refund? Why? Because everyone else got to get Sims 4 for free and they bought oh. all the expansions for 50% off and we bought everything at full cost. Man. But we Sims. were like a week off. We would have just waited one week. I still loved it though. It was worth it. I still go back and play that. Play That's in my so house. cool. I don't. I don't game enough with my husband, and I, I think it. it's a really fun thing to. You should do come on to our D and D game. I would fucking love that. We just launched our 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 first public. Why aren't you on Critical Role? You need to be on Critical Role. So we've been prepping this game for two years. Yeah. Because we just started playing in the pandemic. Because we 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 played a game before it started. Who is it? You and your your husband? But no, uh, me and a few friends of mine. Yeah. When did you get into gaming? Oh, I've always been a gamer. Really? Oh, yeah. We have a bunch of consoles at home. I didn't know I still that. have a Nintendo 64, a PlayStation 2, a PlayStation 4 compact, because I have to still be able to play uh, Dark Cloud 2. Okay. Because otherwise I'll kill everybody. Dark Cloud 2, got um, it. PlayStation 4, we're trying to get a PlayStation 5, and Xbox 360, which I think that those are outdated now, but they're fun. I like playing old games. Yeah. I'm like OG Game Boy and Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And I'm not good, but I'm a really great sidekick. We also have Wii, and we have a, if you can, uh, I can you, do Wii. you can break your another Wii, okay. like uh, electronically, mm -hmm. and then you get access to all of these games, and it's unbelievable. So we have one Wii that literally has like hundreds of games on it. It's okay, I want to come over epic. now, and I want to play. Oh, yeah, we have a can VR. We? Yeah. Okay, cool. Come play VR. I can't do an edible. I want to, but don't let me, because I'm sober. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> let's not, yeah, let's okay. not do that. But it would You'll be really fun life. to do That's edibles okay. with you. That would be like the funnest thing ever, I feel like. Damn, if I only... I know, right? Damn, <laughs> Just missed about a couple of years. <laughs> but no, that does sound like you have a lot of love in... I mean, I've always thought this about you guys, and I've been on your on your podcast or your YouTube, was it? I believe it was YouTube. We were... Yeah, no, it was your yeah, YouTube. Yeah, it was YouTube, which is the show that ended up that Gay in a Life, which is now why we have Spotify Live. Okay, so let's talk about that then. Yeah, so Gay in a Life, we started it to try and catalog different queer voices, because YouTube wanted to do something together initially, which about is about your wedding, though, right? Maybe I thought and it was like about I don't your think wedding. It, I, maybe that was the impetus of the conversation, okay. but it ended up being we want to create just like a show. Just what do you want to make? Yeah. And so it was uh, at first Blake's idea, and then we started mulling it over. Like, how do we make this something that is evergreen, mm -hmm. and how do we make something that is not just because. I, I like, I have a fun with social media, but I do realize that there's a little bit of like a me, me, me about it. <laughs> and so I wanted to create something that also wasn't 
it wasn't about me. It was about raising up other people or sharing other people's voices and stories. Cause mm-hmm. I don't know, talking about myself makes me feel like a douchebag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I, we created the show to try and start making a catalog of pe- different people that are queer from around the world or different jobs or different positions or different career paths, family styles, lifestyles. How did you grow up? Where it's did visibility. You grow up? It's like what we were talking about before. Yeah. And, w- and you know, information is power in that totally. way. And I feel like for young people or even no, no matter the demographic, it maybe it'll make you feel less alone. Or if you're young, it'll give you information of like, you know, what, who do you want to be when you grow up? And here's a whole bunch of people from all walks of life. And what, you know, it's kind of like, who are you as you get, as you get older and you see little things that you're like, oh, that feels like me. And this feels like me. And you start like really getting in into your body and like knowing who you are. And so I think there's so much trauma and shame from different people that either have some sort of homophobia or stigma about what they think about the queer community. But Mm -hmm. there's so much love in the community that I think we really, no matter what comes of it, if it's helped one person, I know that that's enough. And that whatever comes after that is just icing on the cake. Mm -hmm. So, and there's already so many young people that reach out that come on the show every week because it's a, it's on Spotify live. It's literally like we go live onto the platform. People can raise their hand and they can come up and ask the guest questions. We're going to be doing um, town halls with the candidates who are running in California right now. So we're, you know, we, that's cool. Yeah. Like we're really trying to just create like, a. did you know that Ben Savage is running to be mayor of WeHo? (laughs) No. City Council. Council, Sorry. Ben Savage (laughs) is trying to be city council member in West Hollywood. I guess he's lived there for a long time. From the same era of Disney. Well, actually before me. Really? Yeah, way before me. I was was 1999. But I used to watch both of your shows. They were in syndication. And I think one of the last Mm. seasons, one of the last seasons was on, but they had predated it i don't know it was it mm. trust me that's from like the early 90s mine was yes. 2000 was when it aired and then kim possible was like 2004 mm. so that's why i think there's this weird gray area of people like knowing me from the quote-unquote 90s mm. but i'm not a 90s star i'm like a y2k person right which is different but lots of either layering. way i'm good like i don't care as long as you know me that's fine <laughs> And I get what you're saying about the me, me, me of it all. But Mm -hmm. the branding aspect is what I find really interesting about what you've been able to do. So, like, people know you from Teen Beach. You had to shake that, man. Yeah. I mean, that's rough. You're like, I am not some Ken doll in 50s clothes. Like, I have a point of view. I mean, I'm I'm not mad at it. Okay. The internet, do you know how many things I got tagged in when they were like, why aren't you Ken in the Barbie movie? And I was like, well, first of all, if they're, if they're going to Ryan Gosling, they, I didn't even cross their mind. <laughs> but I'm not going to be mad at you thinking that I should have been Ken in the Barbie movie. Yeah, I know. That's a good thing to be um, I guess, associated yeah. with. That's true. But yeah, I, then I played a gay porn star. Oh, so that's right. I shook that shit up. Was there like a sexual scenes in that for you? Lots. Yeah, how was that? It was interesting. Did you have like an intimacy coordinator? No, it was just a lot of discussions. And initially, when I got the part, well, when I talked to the director about doing it, I was like, look, I, I've i never been scared of sexuality. And I think in America, we put a lot of shame either behind sexuality or the human body and people feeling comfortable with it. Okay. And so I was like, that's just not where my mental space is. Okay. But what I don't agree with is gratuitous 
things just for the sake of shock value. Yeah. Because at that point, I They're mean, exploiting you at that I was point. like, I just, you know, if we're making a movie that's about a really serious story about someone getting murdered and underage pornography, like this is a really serious topic. And so any nudity, I want it to be informed by the plot. Sure. I won't be scared of nudity as long as we talk about why it's in the movie. So I can tell, I can literally go through that movie with people and say, if you see the, the shower scene where I'm naked in it, there, you know, for that's about coming into your body and feeling comfortable with yourself. There's a power play when in one of the scenes where I'm having intimate, you know, uh, mm -hmm. simulated sex. Mm -hmm. There's uh, becoming a star, mm -hmm. where there's this whole montage of it. Like mm -hmm. there's all these things that I'm like, if it makes sense to forward the plot, then I'm not scared of it. So you tracked, like you can watch it and not feel like ick about no. it. So I did a shower scene mm -hmm. and I feel very knowing where my head was at when I did it. Mm -hmm. You know, the production wasn't a problem. Like no one was making me uncomfortable, but my agreement to do it. And of course the, the actual framing of it was completely gratuitous. Mm. It was like a horror movie and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I can't, I mean, it's like people don't really, people are pretty respectful and they don't bring it up, but some creepy guys will say stuff. And so it's like, eh, I kind of wish I wouldn't have done that. But it sounds to me like you almost were like, you're pretty proud of that. Um, I'm proud of my ability to do that mm -hmm. and in the way that it worked out. But cool. um, That's really cool. Thanks. I just, but I mean, obviously there's negatives that come to anything in life and I've just had to accept that and that's okay. I just think there was a period of time right when it came out where people, and it was a lot of what my girlfriends always described to me and my girlfriends have since been like, oh, you had what most women experience. And, uh, and that's been something that I've really had to like sit with and think, well, I'm never going to have a f like the full, like what women go through every day in America, like I, or even in the world, like I'm never going to be able to fully like it's it's like when people say what's your lived experience mm -hmm. my lived experience is not as a you know a woman in the world it's just not but when i do describe you know when it came out i had people groping me grabbing me slapping me touching me pulling me and then saying this is what you wanted Ooh. or talking about what a whore i am oh, or wow. i had people who you know i i mean there's, there's, you became like kind of almost like a gay porn icon kind of? I don't know if I would call it a gay porn icon. I just think people really like to lay into like, this is what you asked for. Oh, uh, the fantasy. Shit, man. That's not and cool. And I'm like, no, I didn't ask for strangers to invade my space or assault me. Mm -hmm. What I did is I said, I knew that many people never have the opportunity to break the image of what people want to tell them to be. Mm -hmm. And that was my active decision to say, I am an actor mm -hmm. and I did these roles and now I'm going to do these roles. So cool. And that's okay. And so I'm cool. I'm proud of it. Yeah. And I'm not going to be ashamed. If other people want to have a negative perception of it or twist it into something that they can use to try and hurt me, that's their prerogative, but they can't hurt me. No, they can't. They really, truly can't. You're very, very strong. So would you ever work for Disney again? Yeah. <laughs> do you think they would hire you after that? I mean, they just do called me. they hire me for this? They just called me in to audition for a 17-year-old for Disney+. Plus. Stop. <laughs> you tell me right now what happened. Are you doing it? Are you no, going to audition for a 17-year-old? I get called in for it all the time. And you know what? I was just saying this before we got on camera, but I'm going to say it again. When I first moved here and all the 30 year olds get to book all of the the high school seniors and mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm actually the right age for this. Why won't you cast me? Well, now I'm, I'm I hit the 30 mark and I'm booking this stuff. So, you know what? <laughs> I don't feel ashamed because now it's my turn. God damn it. God damn it. 
You have health insurance that you need, okay? I those have kids those kids are covered on their parents' health insurance until they're 26 or something even long, like 28. You That's need right. that health insurance, honey. Yeah. You and your partner. <laughs> <laughs> you and your husband both need it. Oh my gosh. Okay. So cool. Disney, that'd be cool. I mean, I would, it'd be fun. I want to work with you. I, I would love that. I, I truly, I think it would be really fun to act with you and to work with you. I want us to be siblings in something. I do too. That'd be, I feel like that'd be great. I do too. We're going to make this it. happen. Fucking A. Do you, <laughs> do you have any goals as an actor that you want to do? Because you're still working in the biz. Yeah. So what, what is it that you want? Do you want to go down a TV show? Do, like this is such a different world, the traditional production mm -hmm. that I feel like you still are a part of. Whereas there's a lot of creators I'm sure that you work with that are just trying to like break in. Mm -hmm. And so, but in the meantime, what do you want to do? So I feel like I'm in a really fun space in my, in my, in my time and in my life. Mm -hmm. I'm really just focused on letting the opportunity happen. Okay. My goals are to have a great, you know, um, a really fun role on something as a series reg for a few years because, you know, Papa loves stability. Yes, we do. And then in our off time, we get to do uh, movies or theater. Mm -hmm. I yeah. mean, currently, you know, I was just, I, I did Fairly Odd Parents that was on Paramount yes. earlier this year. I'm attached to a movie right now. There's I'm working with people on an um, working on an album in Nashville with a bunch of people. We have the show going to off Broadway. There's a Spotify Live show. There's like you're booked there's, and busy. There's so many things that are happening right now that really I'm just I'm I'm just dedicated to having a really goddamn fun time because I think there was a lot of a lot of shit I had to work through, which is like I said earlier, like I went through therapy, had to work through a lot of like loathing of like suddenly why do I hate myself mm. in, a, in a period when everyone's telling me I'm so successful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like, oh, you have a major franchise sequel coming out and you're doing these recurring spots and you're doing all these things. And I'm like, yeah, but I hate myself because I let people turn me into something I'm not on the road. Mm -hmm. So and truly, since I've gotten to finally come out, I've wiped the slate clean of any kind of negativity or anybody who, you know, mm -hmm. I've, I've really honed in on, I have, I've gotten to the point in my life where I, if I ever get the, the feeling from people that my success is their failure, I, I have to, because I've had friends in the past who treat me really terribly because of it. And I've gotten to the point where I'm like, my, we are allowed to succeed together. Yeah. There is enough room for everyone to feel good about themselves and be as successful as they want to be. Mm -hmm. We're all creative beings. I can't replicate you and you can't replicate me. We can for sure play each other in movie because that's our, our job. Maybe you can learn my mannerisms and my body language and how, the way I speak or my cadence. And that's mm -hmm. fine. But mm -hmm. I, you are not me and I'm not you. And mm -hmm. I wish for your success. Mm -hmm. And I will love you wholeheartedly. But if you want to compete and get into a negative space about what we're doing, like for instance, uh, you know, would I work with Disney again? Okay. Me and my friend were both up to play Lizzie McGuire's GBF. Mm -hmm. And my friend got it. Mm -hmm. And I called him and I was so excited when I saw the news. And I was like, bitch, <laughs> I am so excited because if it's not me, I'm glad it's you. Yeah. Like, please. Yeah. I hope that it goes for a million seasons. And I wish all of the financial like, security for you. You're good. That's yeah. the thing is like when people get upset that another person booked it other than them, they think that's a reflection on their insecurities. And, the, and I, they're projecting. And if they are your friends, then you wish for their success. Absolutely. Point blank. Yeah. I mean, I know, you know, you've talked about dealing with people and the weird twisted things that they put you in in the past. And I know that didn't feel good. 
No, I think I was jealous when I had so much more inside of me to be loving for people. And Mm. I think I was pushed, you know, by my mom, by the culture of, you know, women tearing each other down, being competitive. Mm -hmm. It was years of that shit. Like, oh, I just need to be blonde. I just need to like, you know be someone else. And, um, I know, I know what you're, what you're going, not on the level of, in terms of sexuality, but like that is, it's just shitty to hate yourself for that long. It's a, it's actually a system of oppression when you think about it. Mm -hmm. It's a way to control you. Well, it's, if you make people insecure and self-loathing and it's easier to, and if you make everyone in their life an enemy because you're their only ally, it's a lot easier to control them. Amen. And that's a damn shame. And hurt people do hurt people. So I understand where you're trying to create these boundaries so that you can create the life that you want. And so with TikTok, I just want to like briefly say, so you obviously, Mm -hmm. do you like TikTok? Yeah, it's fun. It's fun? You don't like love, love it? I mean, that's the thing you is- You work in it. You I work love, in it all the time. I have a good time doing it. It's, <laughs> you know, I feel like we're in the business where most of the time when you're auditioning for things or you're in callbacks for things or you're mm-hmm. taking meetings for things and you're waiting for other people's yes, mm-hmm. the one thing that I've really invested in and loved about social media, which I think is where we're in this interesting space mm-hmm. right now, my agent, Dean, hi, Dean, both talk about it all the time where traditional media mm-hmm. is meeting- online digital socials right Mm -hmm. now and Mm -hmm. no one really knows what it's going to become and that i think is so exciting because the difference you know where you're waiting for everyone else's yes in traditional media you're waiting for only your own yes in socials Uh so you get to wake up in the morning and if if i'm like you know what i want to make a dance today i want to go do makeup i like i was just telling myself i'm like you know what i i've been gone working for the past few weeks and i'm finally home and tomorrow i have an extra two hours i want to go do a poison ivy makeup just because it sounds fun oh you're so good at the makeup tutorials i forgot (laughs) about that your transition are so cool. Thank you. Well, yeah. but that's what I think is like, it's the most freeing thing in the world. When you get to tell yourself yes in the morning, how empowering does that feel? Im- immediately empowering. But that's also, and it's- You don't have to wait for yeah. the phone to ring. Well, and then it's started moving into the rest of my life. There's so many mm-hmm. things in the traditional space that I'm getting to make and do now. And I, I, I because people see that I know, I understand production side of things, mm-hmm. or they see that I have, an, you know, a bunch of different things that I like to do. Yeah. And they go, oh, you understand different facets of this space. What do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? And that's something that is feels really new in my world, because most of the time it's always like, you know, go be the actor. And yeah, pat we're going to tell you what to do. Yeah. Whereas it's like, oh no, I know he's an authority on X, Y, and Z, or that he's interested in D and D. At least whatever. he understands these different worlds. Yeah. I remember being when I was in college, I purposely took as many design courses as I could because I want. I've. I think it's so powerful to understand other people's positions in this industry. Mm-hmm. Like I, I fully made sure I learned how to how to design a full-scale production. Mm. I can do a lighting design. I know how sound design works. I know how costume design works. I, I took even a costume, how different stitchings in wow. different decades and different eras and learning how to create different makeup looks. Like I made sure that it was like, I want to be able to respect everyone else's position on the job because mm-hmm. I think when people don't have that perspective, that's when they get dis- disrespectful. Because if you don't know how much time it took to make that one piece of prosthetic, how will you ever appreciate the time that person took to make you look good? Mm-hmm. And that's just one small piece of something that can be so much bigger. Mm-hmm. So you really love this whole world. You love living here. You love your husband. You're you're in love with the arts and the craft that you have. Like it's just so beautiful to see your joy. Thank you. Because I'm jaded. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I don't necessarily want to raise a family in the city. Okay. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you, do you want kids? Yeah. I, you'd as be the as, best dad. Thanks. As long yeah. as the world doesn't end. Well, I mean, yeah. It's well, frightening. I'm, there's that. Um, don't tell me this shit. I have two kids. I know. I'm sorry. And there's nothing I can do about that. I, I have them now. Well, we, we will we'll help protect your babies with everything we got. Yes, we will. My husband uh, is a former Marine. He has some survivalist uh, skills. I, and, I would hope uh, so. My husband's an, e- two he's an Eagle freezers. Scout. There we go. We're going to get a commune together. And he knows how gonna... to protect us, and we know how to live in the woods. That's great. That's great. Great. You're giving me anxiety. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but yes, I get sorry, it. Sorry, I'm peaking sound. I laugh really loud. <laughs> He's got the best laugh and the best eyes. So we are going to make a TikTok before you leave. We're going to make two. Well, okay, great. And then, so then where can we find you and like all the things? Uh, Garrett Clayton one. I, I tried to get that on every platform because it's easier that way. Okay. And, yeah. um, and then otherwise, is it the musical? Are you going to go to New York? Yeah. I'll wow. be there the 16th to the 31st of, of this October. month of October of October. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's going to be fun. It's really exciting. That's exciting. I know. And then what do you have? I mean, you did say you have so many things. Are you going to go yeah. to Nashville and keep recording or so? And I, you know, it's truthfully, I haven't even told anyone I'm doing this yet. Um, Exclusive. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. I, I've been working on it for a year. Wow. I haven't told anybody. It's is it re- country Western or is it just the producers that are there? It's like rock pop. It's yes. all the inspos or uh, George Michael, Freddie Mercury, Oh, fuck yes. Uh, Prince, David Bowie. There's a lot of like, I love the inspirations that are coming in. I cannot wait for you to do like music videos that complement that because your makeup will be so on point if you're inspired by all those people. <laughs> it's be so like fun. think Todrick, like, mm-hmm. by the way, I love Todrick. Mm. He's been a friend. He's and been a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Todrick's he always does been good to me. such good music videos and stuff. Maybe you can co- collab with him. <laughs> I w- I, I'm, I'm sure we will. Yeah. I love Toddy. Yeah. Um, thank you for coming. Thank you this for is, me. I honestly could gaze in your eyes for decades, <laughs> but then the world would be burning outside. So I can't do that. I have to help protect my children from climate change. You freaked me out. <laughs> I'm, I know. I'm, you're like, I'm away from my children right now. Like, you're oh making God. it worse. I was supposed to enjoy this day off. I went into a deep, deep hole of the earth is losing its mind right now. Mm-hmm. It is. It, it, look, I do think that there can be some doom and gloom when it comes to climate change. I was actually trying to get a girl on named Alana, who I found on TikTok, who's like mm-hmm. uh, the garbage queen. And I think she's really great with her messaging. And she's trying to be like, look, at there's some good news. There's some good progress. So like you can ca- kind of try to not depress yourself. Yes. And so I do encourage people not to, I not actually, to like. A good doc, recommender, doc, doc recommendation. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a tongue twister. Yeah. Um, it, watch. It's called Plastic Paradise. Okay. It's not horribly long either, but it's a really good watch. Okay, good. And it's not going to make me like have a mental breakdown or it is? I mean, it's. It's sad. Okay. But it's interesting. Okay. This isn't good news. We need better news to close. How are we closing? <laughs> Sorry, are we trying to close on good news? No, no, we did. I said we were going to make a TikTok and then I We're going to we make closed. TikToks. We're going to make a TikTok. Bye. Oh, here. <laughs> you asked what I was doing. I oh, go yeah. I go to New York until the 31st and then I go, I'll probably have a rest day on the 1st and then I go to Nashville until the 8th and then I have to go back to New York for another thing for three or four days and then I go back to LA. Okay. Well, I'm really happy that I got to see you in the midst of all this craziness. Me too. Yeah. This was this was destined to happen. It was. Okay, good. I love you. I love you. <laughs> Vulnerable is hosted by me, Christy Carlson Romano, produced by Elizabeth Joy Windham and executive produced by Brendan Rooney. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham and our video editor is Eduardo Gamba. 
Follow Vulnerable wherever you listen to podcasts so you can join me every week for a vulnerable conversation. And be sure to follow Vulnerable on Instagram and TikTok at The Vulnerable Podcast. And make sure to tune in to my YouTube to watch the video version. 